When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby with you on your Saturday morning. Great to have your company right around the great state of Western Australia. As I welcome you in, Paul Hazelby, how have you found the end of your week and your start of your weekend to be? I'm loving it. I'm loving the footy. The ratings have been very good. The one thing that has occurred across the weekend so far, or the matches played so far, is some injuries mm. that have occurred to certain players. Now, this is on the back of the last two weeks. We've seen a lot of soft, soft tissue injuries, hamstrings, calves. And when I first discussed this, I thought, toughen up. The players will be fine with a reduced leading to some games. But I think it's the lack of training that they're able to do throughout the week. High-intensity training because... Because for the most part, they're training in groups of eight or nine, non-contact. They're not having those main sessions where you really put your body through as much game-like pressure as possible. Now, this is not good, but each team, they do have 44 players plus on their list. So hopefully, as we look to cram the fixtures in the recent games, it's going to be okay. Yeah, and and as you said, that's a really good point, that if you're trying to play maybe six games in eight weeks, all of a sudden the turnarounds get tighter, and who knows, we may see a rise in injuries. We hope we don't, but that is the way it is. Let's get into this, Hayes. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Yes, don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig. And Quarry, I'm going to give you the new ball because I need an entire four or five minutes to go for mine. I've got two today, but I'm going to let you start. All right, Beaver, I'm going to have a go at the general public and some AFL fans out there, particularly with the use of social media. Now, when COVID-19 did start, the AFL players copped a lot of criticism in and around their payments going forward. And they all agreed to take a 50% haircut on their pay. Now, that is a great thing. Then what they've done is they've all agreed to go into hubs, to do whatever it takes at this stage to get the season underway. But I just feel right now the players can't win. The Victorian clubs that moved out of Victoria, the commentary was, oh, they're spoiled, they're privileged. They get to get out of Victoria and go into a hub and escape a lot of the issues that are going on with the lockdown in Victoria. Then on the other hand, you have some that say, no, I don't want to go. I'm going to stay here with my family. And guess what? They cop criticism as well. So they just can't win right now, the AFL players. And I just don't know why the hatred is there. They're doing all they can to get this season underway, which supports so many people in the industry, including themselves, coaches, umpires, medical, commentators, you name it, ground staff. I think it's so important to keep it going. They're doing their bit. I think as a general public... We need to just take our hands off and say, thank you very much for everything you're doing. Do you think the media coverage plays a role in this? And I don't necessarily mean um, it's it's deliberately done in a negative way, but there is this coverage, and it happened especially when the Eagles and Dockers left to head up to the hub on, uh, on the Gold Coast, that you'd think that the players were going off to war. 
and the way that it's covered, mm. and you get all the images of the of the wives and girlfriends and children crying. Spot on. And, and that's part of the problem. You need to just sit there and, um, as horrible as it sounds, as a player in this situation, you almost need to go. It's a six week holiday. Um, yeah. It's yep, sure. I'm, I'm playing footy. I'm there to do a job, but it's like I've got my PlayStation, I've got my golf clubs, I've got my surfboard, whatever it is that you've got. I think the media comes um, under some fire here because, as you say, you've got people who. Um, are getting out of Victoria and people are going, oh, you know, football players can leave, but nobody else can. All the borders are shut. But then on the other hand, you got all these people that go, well, I don't want to go and play football. I'm more concerned about my family. And they go, oh, well, you've got a job to do. You know, you're like nobody else. Why do you get... You they can't win. But, but it's the media that's perpetuating this. You, you're putting out all these images to the general public. What would be the problem? And there is no problem with this, but what's the problem with somebody saying, I prioritise my girlfriend, my wife, my partner, my child? It's happened. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Why are, we, why are we getting so upset about this? That's frustrating me a lot, Hayes. I'm with you with that because there are 48 players available. And let's be honest, basically every week now, there's only 24, 26, let's say yeah. 26 per club that are being considered on a regular basis from a club. So there's about 20 players that are just going and For not getting paid. So mm. to have two to say, well, I might just take this time out where it might only be five or six games, then they can always come back at a later stage. And that mm-hmm. certainly happened with two players from the Richmond Football Club. It's not right. And I think given what everybody's going through, not only in sport, but around Australia and around the world, I think we just need to relax, take a chill pill and just do the best we can. Well, I agree with your sentiment, but that's not what I'll be doing on the other side of the break because I've got a couple of things that I want to take a dig at after this. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, welcome back to Off the Bench, Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. I've had my dig. It's now time for Robert Beaver, who's got a couple of digs and he's really fired yeah, up. Yeah, I've got two digs, Hazel. I'm going to start with uh, this one. Um, England-West Indies, the test match going on. Great to have cricket bat, first and foremost. What about that, how it uh, pretty much rained out yeah, the first time? Um, that, that's not what caught my eye, though. England fast bowler Mark Wood said players are now using back sweat rather than saliva to try and shine the ball during the first test against the West Indies. Back sweat. The old back sweat. The old back sweat. What are we doing? Oh, that, that can still carry the germs, can't it? That can still carry viruses and, and other things. I'm no medical expert. That's my assumption. I'm pretty sure it can. That's all the, it's a bodily fluid. the commentary that we came out with. Yeah. Back sweat. I hope that, uh, that Australia is not this dumb. Frankly, we are. We've already stated that going forward, we're going to be able to use yeah. sweat, head yeah. sweat yeah. From, from just yeah. above your ears. For how long? For how long? Do you think Australia will play a test match before the ICC come out and go, this is really stupid. This is a really bad look. Where This is Darwinism at its finest. This is almost natural selection of sport. Is that because right? if you, you, could, you could entirely wipe out a nation's cricket team. You could put them in COVID, couldn't you? Well, one, you could. One They're heavily tested already. I'm, I'm not arguing the protocols of testing for it, but what I'm saying is you've got a situation where bodily fluids carry this virus, which is absolutely wrecking the entire world right now, and the world international cricketing body is going, that's fine, you can use sweat, just use it off your back. We're okay with that. So give me your alternative. How would you play this? Wax. Wax. Any sort of abrasive fabric that the umpire can have um, at any stage during an over. You get to use this. You replace the ball every 40 overs instead of 80. There are... That's three ways off the top of my head right now. We were discussing this months ago on the program, Hayes. That is A, disgusting, and B, unsafe. That is Darwinism at its finest. I hope Australia is smarter than that when we get around to playing cricket. Now, my second dig. Let's talk about some netball. 
Mm. Netball players still unsure about the new super shot ahead of the 2020 super netball season. This gets even better because this is a rule specific to super netball, which is due to get underway in the not too distant future. Uh, And it's one rule that the netball community had fiercely rejected during a game-wide survey earlier in the year. What does Netball Australia do and the head of Suncourt Super Netball do? They introduce it. We're doing it. We're doing it. So this is basically you get two points for shooting a goal from out, well, within the D, but further out um, in the last Close five minutes. Close to the three-point line. Yeah, it's essentially it's Netball's version of a three-point line. Uh, but we're the only competition in the world to be using it. None of the international games will. Why? If nobody wants it, and even we now have a situation where Caitlin Bassett, who's the Diamonds captain, uh, has come out and said that uh, we're still coming to terms with the decision. Uh, and basically, he says, uh, I think it was fairly well publicised, the fact that us players weren't happy with the decision and that being made, particularly because it was out of our control. I'm going to challenge you like, on that. Because, okay, tell me why it's a good idea. Well, because sometimes sporting bodies, they like to collaborate with all the stakeholders. So they mm. all go and talk to the coaches of every organisation. They'll go and talk to all of the players who are all invested in the game. Mm-hmm. They've got ulterior motives. They all want to have success and they all want to win. Sometimes you've just got to be strong and make the big call and say, this is the reason we're doing it because clearly there's an issue that they see with the growth of the game or the excitement of the game that they they want better for the sport. Yes, they could meander along with the same sort of growth and the same sort of numbers, but could they do better with a more exciting product? And if you go and collaborate with all of those bodies, you're not going to get a uniformed answer or approach from everybody in the industry. Sometimes you just got to go, bang, this is it. This is the year to try things, Beef. If, it, if it's not working or it doesn't make any difference, then in 12 months' time you come back and say, oh, well, we'll go back to the old way. Is it innovation or is it gimmicky? Oh, I think it's innovation. There's all types of innovation that's mm. occurred in sport. I think mm. we've all tried it. you just got to be careful not to go too far away from your natural product. But, you know, I, I go to the AFL. We always have this discussion with the coaches that are involved in the, the competition committee. They shouldn't be involved. Like, even some of the players shouldn't be involved. Maybe the spectators are the ones that you should obviously communicate with because at mm. the end of the day, that is your market. If they're not happy, then you need to make change. The NBA introduced a three-point line. Some people loved yeah. it, some people hate it. Now we look on however many years later and say that it's part of the Best game. Best part of the game. Potentially, yeah. Some people argue nah, that slam it is. Dunks. Here's the reality. I don't like it at all. Really? I think that if, for the, if you're going to do it, do it for the entire quarter. Don't do it for the last five minutes of yeah. the quarter. Well, maybe that's where they're be, getting... Be consistent. Uh, yeah. Because, and this is the thing, I actually see this as having potentially great results for our national team because what uh, the issue with netball is that you get all these players and it's the closer you establish a pivot foot to the, the hoop or the goal, the easier the shot is. So that's where everybody goes. So you end up with this massive D, this shooting area or shooting arc that people use about one-eighth of because they want to be as close as you can. You incentivize that uh, that second point to bring people out. Who knows, maybe in 10 years, if we keep doing this, the Australians are the only team that can actually shoot efficiently from a further distance out in the arc. But if you're playing cohort, and uh, let's just say that online reaction when this rule was announced was mixed, I think they risk alienating a huge portion of their fan base at a time where they need fans and they need revenue more than ever. That is my dig for another week. Stick with us here on Off The Bench. Off The Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Time for our waffle update. Thanks to Care with Australia's best seven-year factory warranty. Cam Britt, the CEO of the South Fremantle Football Club, has been good enough to join us and 
Cam, we appreciate your time early on a Saturday morning as always. And uh, it must be really exciting, uh, I suppose. You've got uh, only just over a week or so until the waffle gets back and uh, we'll kick it off with a, a big traditional rivalry game between East Frio and South Frio. Welcome. It certainly is, yeah. We're uh, we're all incredibly excited here at South Fremantle Football Club and, and hopefully you know the broader uh, football community are excited too to see a return to, to WA football and particularly on that Saturday, as you mentioned, the, the return of waffle football for 2020 and uh, kick things off in a really compelling way with a traditional Fremantle Derby, South v East. It's, uh, it's quite compelling. You would have been very happy when you saw the news of Geelong and Collingwood on the Thursday night and the Western Derby on the Sunday night. There would have been some nervous moments. But what are your expectations from a crowd point of view? What are you thinking the WA public might do after the shutdown? Yeah, well, we're, we certainly think there's a, there's a huge demand to obviously get out in the community and, and we're talking to people about you know, having the confidence to get back to the football and, and particularly waffle footy, what a great opportunity to celebrate being, you know, safe and healthy in WA. Uh, we're quite bullish about that crowd figure, um, you know, whether it's it's 5,000 or greater or, or, you know, dare to dream up to eight to 10,000 people. Um, we're, we're working really hard to ensure we're prepared and ready to hopefully host a, a really large patron number and just put on a, a terrific spectacle of a, um, a festival of footy at a Fremantle Derby. Today, the AFL clubs just put their ticket purchases on hold. What are you expecting from the state government? Do you think their announcement or their discussions that they're having could affect the numbers, the total numbers that you might get there next Saturday? It could indeed. I mean, we, we saw that uh, that come out today as well, and we obviously watch and observe that closely, and we'll probably all learn more, I guess, later this week by the sound of things. But, look, again, we're, we're really confident, whether it's, whether it is uh, a, a, um, a stage five phase and we are allowed to, to have up to 10,000 patrons at Fremantle Oval or if uh, the state government just holds us where we are for a little bit longer, um, which, you know, wouldn't offend us if that's the right thing to do and it means the community's safe, we can still, you know, plan for a number as great as 5,000 people uh, at Waffle Football and, and uh, you know, both those outcomes are tantalising, but hopefully uh, we can we can push towards 10,000 if we do see uh, Phase 5 from July 18. So either way, people can uh, obviously get tickets and what we have is a situation where there's pre-sale going on, which is very unusual for the waffle, but essentially it means that people can, can go and get tickets now if they want. They can, yeah, absolutely. So, um, And you're spot on. It's a bit unique, a bit new and different for Waffle, but we have uh, partnered with a group called Intix, and it's a pre-sale ticketing uh, campaign, and we're seeing uh, some of that, you know, that notional demand become genuine demand and, and interest, and we're, we're seeing strong sales uh, in terms of pre-sale um, pre-game tickets. And uh, we think we've put together a really nice little um, incentive there, and, and we encourage anyone who does pre-purchase the ticket before the game uh, all the information's on our website. You can actually go in the draw to toss the coin uh, in front of the big uh, derby crowd live on Channel 7, you know, pre-game before the two sides clash. And that, that's a really nice uh, experience for someone and a bit of an incentive just to try purchasing online. It certainly is. Cam Britt there from the South Fremantle Football Club. Hayes, talk us through the fixtures for the start and the opening round of Waffle for 2020. Yeah, next Saturday, July 18, Pill Thunder taking on the Perth Football Club at David Gray's Arena. Then Subiaco and Claremont at Leaderville Oval. Swan Districts and West Perth to play out at Steel Blue Oval in the last game. South Fremantle up against Fremantle, the big derby at Fremantle Community Bank Oval. 
That was the Waffle Update. Thanks to Kia. Kia offers value you can trust, as well as Australia's best seven-year warranty across the entire Kia range. Stick with us. More to come here on Off the Bench. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rapidly approaching the end of the program for today. But, Hayes, we've got two games down in the AFL for this round. Let's work our way through the rest of them, see if we can't... uh, Tip a winner, which, by the way, I don't know if you know, but this time last week I made some predictions and I was actually uh, 100% accurate. What did you on do? On my tips for the AFL round last weekend that uh, were, well, let's be honest, pretty much slapstick and enterprise. So maybe I'll just go with that again because my tipping's been rubbish this year. So what did you get last week, all of them? Well, from the time that we tipped, I didn't get the, the Thursday or the Friday night, yep. but the other seven out of seven I got. All right, well, two down, and uh, we're about to kick off at Metricon Stadium. It's the Dockers up against the Saints. Some big ins for the Fremantle Dockers, but I like the Saints. I think uh, the way they've been playing, they have they know how to use, use the ball now because they've got some skilled players into their midfield. And all of their, basically, players that have been struggling for a long time have actually taken the next step and become very good players. Yeah, we spoke to Simon Lethleen earlier in the week, of course, the CEO, and he... Uh, when asked about Brett Ratt, and he said one thing that Ratt does really well, A, it's a positive and, and very caring environment, but B, is he encourages players to to really highlight their strengths. We see a lot of times and a lot of complaints from people within the industry, retired players and even commentators, is that you've got a situation where the AFL and particularly teams are breeding athletes as opposed to footballers, and they're saying you need to hold this structure. It's a team defence, all these things. What we're seeing from Ratton and St Kilda is one of the most exciting game styles we've seen in a long time and highlighted by the fact that, you know, it appears that Brett Ratton's saying if your strength is running and taking the game on, do it. I don't care if you're out of position on defence every now and then. We've got five other defenders and some midfielders that can go back there. So St Kilda, irrepressible at the moment. I think they'll win. Here's my favourite player, Brett Ratton, and I would have loved him to be the coach over here in the West. But it wasn't to be. Justin Lomuel has got the hot seat and he's doing a pretty good job, but I don't think they'll beat St Kilda. West Coast up against Adelaide. Well, the big watch here is Riley O'Brien up against Nick Natanui. What about that? Those that haven't heard, Riley O'Brien uh, did a tweet. Now, whether he did it accidentally yeah. or not, we don't know. And basically, it was his game plan to beat Natanui. He said he was fat and lazy. and oh, lazy, lazy and unfit. Was lazy and unfit. Uh, and you can get around the ground and take many marks on him. He then came out and did a video apology saying that it was his phone. But there's been some technical experts that have then come out mm. and suggested it's not possible for a phone to take your notes and, and then tweet that information without yeah. at least three proper clicks. So, yeah. well, I think he may you, have just put it out there and, and you, then realised, uh-oh. Yeah, and you know what? Not even voice command is that good because I, I tell my phone on voice command, I'll say, you know, call this person. And it basically stares at me like I'm crazy. And for other things, it's flawless. But if it can't, my phone can't even call someone on voice command. I highly doubt that I'm going to say, pick note uh, 377 from my catalogue and post it to my link Twitter account. But I love it. I, I love it, it from him, though. Like, I like I the audacity to do it. Mm. That's how he gets up for games. And look, let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. Part of that, I think, is okay because... Yeah. Is he unfit and lack a bit of fitness? Well, he doesn't play out games. Is he lazy? I don't see him spreading too much from the contest. Everyone's got strengths and weaknesses, and I think it's okay to identify weaknesses and areas of advantage when you're in a competition like that. I've got zero confidence in saying the Eagles, but I'll say them anyway. No, the Eagles will beat the Adelaide Crows. Easy. Melbourne taking on the Gold Coast Suns. I think for me, Melbourne have been hammered in the press. I think there will be a response. Good to see they've brought some skill back into their lineup. 
Who are you going in this one? Oh, I'm going to go Gold Coast. Let's quickly brush through the other games, Hayes. Bombers taking on the Kangaroos. Bombers for me. Uh, Bombers. Port Adelaide and the Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants. Uh, Port Adelaide for one. me. Port okay, Adelaide Tigers and Sydney. I'm going to an upset here. I think the Sydney Swans can deliver. I'm, I've been on the Swans bandwagon for most of the year, so I'll stay on it. And Carlton and the Western Bulldogs to finish off the round. Western Bulldogs for me. I'm going to change it. Richmond for me and then Western Bulldogs. Just on the, <laughs> I'm just on a spur. I don't want to ruin my track record. That is another edition of Off the Bench for another week. Thanks for your company. We'll do it all again next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.